0: Ponds and Recreation Disclaimer. Most of this is made up, and the points don't matter. Don't take our medical advice. Like hypertonic saline, we're pretty salty. No real names or where you work. Some stories may be embellished for effect, or to protect the innocent.
1: Did you know that you can find us on Instagram, at Ponds and Recreation, or on Twitter, at Ponds for more content, follow us for fun and memes. Here we are.
0: Hi, I'm the East Asian country with a movement disorder, South Korea, cerebellar ataxia.
1: Once again, I have nothing to add here. I'm just Amy G. Dalla. <laughs> Why am I never prepared for this? <laughs> <gasps>
0: and welcome to Ponds and Recreation, a show with action potential.
1: We're also super salty today, guys. Like, sorry, not sorry.
0: 23.4% style.
1: Who, who, do you think they're ever going to make one that's saltier than that?
0: I hope so. I hope that we get to the point where I can just have a direct port into someone's aorta and just pour some Morton salt right in there.
1: Hey, are we supposed to be plugging specific brands?
0: I'm sorry. Generic table salt.
1: Thank you. This is like how you have to say like MCS instead of a certain brand of left ventricular assisting.
0: Maybe I'm just trying to get Morton to sponsor the program finally.
1: I mean, we're pretty great with our 10 listeners that have subscribed. Maybe 11.
0: Maybe we'll be up at 11 soon.
1: Praise (sighs) be. So what are we talking about today?
0: We're talking about being everything to everyone all at once. Did you ever
1: see that movie? Sure haven't. Me either. My friend is very (laughs) into it, though. and She keeps telling me. She saw it twice in the theater. She's like, you got to watch it. you got to watch it. And here I am being a bad friend admitting that I did not watch it.
0: I can't even tell you what the movie's about. Although I know it was quite popular and people think it's really good. We chose it (laughs) because it talks about what we want to talk about, which is being an APP. Yeah, you know me. You down me. with APP? Yeah, you know me. You are down with APP?
1: Yeah, you know me.
0: It's sad because even though I know the original, when I start doing this in my brain, it still goes to Sister Act Two finale, and I just want to do the rest of like their joyful, joyful montage.
1: Someday we could. Oh, we will. I'll I get promise my habit. you. Yes. <laughs>
0: I wonder what mm-hmm. Lauren Hill's doing these days. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of much.
1: So maybe we can Ms. get her on us. No. Ms. Lauren Hill just deserves her retirement. You leave her alone.
0: I just want her to make an appearance. If you're listening right now, if you're one of those 10 subscribers.
1: Ms. Lauren Hill, we love you.
0: We love you. Thank you for miseducating me.
1: It was truly a cornerstone of my miseducation.
0: So I want to talk about should we In case there's someone out there who doesn't know what an APP is,
1: you want to talk about it? I think that we should, because... We have two very special guests with us today. Are you ready, Sarah?
0: I could not be more ready.
1: We have to welcome Miss Vegas... And Mr. call back. Hello there, loves. Hello. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. We're just so happy to be back. We really didn't think we'd get another option.
0: I didn't think so, but here we are. And we're especially... talking about
1: what today? Well, I mean, especially after the way you spoke about Princess Diana. I thought that Sarah and Amy would just say go away.
0: These little fetuses here, they don't know anything about Princess Diana anymore. All they know is Meghan. Oh, Meghan. Markle.
1: She does have some lovely hair pieces, I will say. But (laughs) Harry was always my favourite. It's because he's just kind of a bad boy. You know.
0: You like that spare, do you?
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: Give him a kiss then,
1: love. I think we're going to have to pass, because I think we're here for a drop today, Mr. Ventricle, and I think we have to define some terms, because it's vernacular with Ms. Vegas and Mr. Ventricle, not royal family discussion time.
0: So, first thing we want to talk about is, what is an RN? This is a registered oh. nurse.
1: Oh, I was going to say, right now. No, no, no.
0: That's only when you text.
1: I think that you got a little southern in there, but southern American. Are you okay, Mr. Ventricle?
0: From the south of England, I am.
1: Oh, oh, you're Scottish? That's okay, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Maybe that that makes a little bit more sense why you're not all about Princess Diana. That's okay. I'll take it from here. So the registered nurse is the one who will most likely, unless you have a very aggressive pharmacist, give your medications and care for your patient 24-7. Um, as someone who is now very close with a registered nurse, an AMA, um, who has become something else that I don't entirely understand Um it seems to me that sometimes the nurses don't get a lot of credit, um but also sometimes they need to stay in their lane. Is that too much, Mr. Ventricle?
0: I think that is a bit much. I don't know where the lane ends. They're really they're they're the spoke of the wheel they're um, they're the ones that hold it together.
1: I, I was just thinking that you know sometimes, and this might just be Amy's experience and things that I'm misunderstanding, but sometimes um. Some registered nurses could do things that were not necessarily prescribed. And I'm not talking about like things that are helpful like Botox. I'm talking about <laughs> things that are just things you shouldn't paralyze. And that could be a problem. I don't know how the body works, you see. Um, I just, I work at, a, 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 well, I can't even tell you where I work because then I'll definitely get fired. Um, but I'll let I... you know
0: how my body works.
1: Mr. Ventricle, how dare you? I am a lady. So, anyway, nurses do a lot of things that I don't necessarily understand, and you think they're in the middle, and I think they are in the middle a lot, but there are limits to that practice, and so they can do certain things alone, right? But not everything.
0: Well, and that's why some of them go back to school to become things like nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists.
1: Certified so registered that?
0: nurse anesthetists,
1: what are, and midwives?
0: Four uh, different uh, things uh, they can do.
1: Call the midwife.
0: Call the midwife. Mm,
1: that I know. They both babies, right?
0: Yeah, they just catch them as they fall out. Just Ugh, walking around with a big awful. mitt, just catching babies. Awful.
1: Like a cricket mitt.
0: Yeah, they do some prenatal stuff too. Make sure the mother's all healthy and that her hips are wide enough and Ugh. things like that.
1: Ugh, that sounds terrible.
0: Making sure the lineage is proper.
1: Ah, well, clearly no one did that for Camilla. Okay, yeah. let's keep going. So what else can these other people do? What I see that Amy has written down. What is an APP?
0: So all these things I just mentioned, they're APPs. They are advanced practice providers. And so these four are the nursing ones. So you've got the baby catchers and the midwives. the People who knock you out, those are the nurse anesthetists. They let you sleep while some chap cuts you open. Then, simply you've, awful. then you've got nurse practitioners, they treat you, they prescribe, they order things for you, they work mm. with the nurses, they work with doctors, and they, okay. they can do a little bit of everything, talk about being caught in the middle. Oh, it, I see. And then you have the clinical nurse specialists. Now, this role is highly misunderstood. These are people, they have three spheres of influence. They work with directly with patients as a provider. They can prescribe in some places. Ooh. So these states are a funny place, though. United States, every different state has its own rules about this.
1: No, 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 not for me. No, no. but Give me a and, monarchy.
0: But then they also can help with things like, how does the system work? And then they look at nursing oh. practice as a whole, and how do they impact that? Those are the three spheres.
1: That's a lot. So so tell me, and I think I'm misunderstanding, What is this concept of a physician extender? I mean, just saying it makes my blood boil, and I don't know why. Or like a mid-level. Like, what is that?
0: Who taught you this hate
1: speech? I'm sorry, it's just what I'm reading on the internet.
0: So mid-level is what some people may call APPs who think that the quality of care that we provide, or that our education is just not up to snuff.
1: Well, because wouldn't you then say like nurses are the lowest level, which just seems like complete malarkey? Well, so I think what a lot of people are saying as I'm tapping around the Google is um, there's this other group called PA or um, physician associate or physician assistant. It seems like they changed their name recently, which I think it sounds nice that they've changed it from assistant to associate. But once again, I'm quite confused. About that, because in England we have midwife and a midwife ba- is a baby person.
0: Great thing about these chaps is that PAs can work with the whole lifespan. They can do anything. They oh. do surgery, they do medicine. Yeah, yeah, because they follow the medical model. Ooh. Nurse practitioners, or NPs as they say, mm. Mm. they do the nursing model. So it is much more holistic, much more based in the social sciences, treating the mm. whole person and not just a disease.
1: But I, I would like to argue with you, Mr. Ventricle, and say that it also sounds like these PAs, as you called them, do treat, in fact, the whole person, even though they are a medical model trained, I think you said, um, if they are similar roles. No?
0: I think they do. And I think we give physicians a bad rap for not treating the whole person as well. I think there's many Ooh. a physician who would argue that it's an unfair thing to say that they don't do such a thing.
1: I I think in my Googling, I've seen too that there are two ways, at least where Sarah and Amy are based to become a physician. One is an MD and then one is a day O. And I don't know the difference. I don't know if we need to go into that, but perhaps that is similar in some ways to a PA and and an MP, as you say.
0: Yeah. MDs are very... Based in Western medicine, where DOs have a little bit more of the homeopathic and holistic medicine training in there. But still very, very well trained in Western medicine. Proper physicians, still.
1: But could make me a poultice, you think?
0: They could probably give your neck an adjustment, although I don't really recommend neck stuff. Because that's how one gets a dissection of their vertebrals.
1: Oh, Mr. Ventricle, you're talking about things I just don't understand. Um, so let's move on. I, Othello, I think that's a bloke, no?
0: Well, fellow chap broke, but also a fellow is a trainee physician. So when these chaps graduate medical school, they become residents and they call the first year resident an intern. Mm. After that, they do a few more years of residency, depends on which program or specialty you're in. Mm. And then after you complete your general education in that specialty, you can sub-specialize. And that's when you do a fellowship. And that works with usually a particular I am concerned that you speak the Queen's English, but you don't really understand it.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate, Mr. Ventricle. I thought we were going to have a great relationship, but here we are. But you Finding. know what?
0: I think we can just end our little bit here. Let Amy and Sarah go, and you and I can board a ship. The friendship.
1: Oh, Mr. Ventricle, you think we're going to go be friends? Absolutely. Will you take me to a tiny cafe, and then we can have some macarons?
0: Let's do it. Tut, tut. Let's go.
1: Tut goodbye, Amy and Sarah. Thank you for having us once again.
0: Back to I you.
1: I to come back to see you. No, I thought you did. Sarah, you are two of the ten that are listening to us. All right. Colin's coming from inside the house.
0: The I good think... news is I think everyone knows... The terms that I, we're using—they
1: did <laughs> we're, a great. More
0: confused.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say they did a great job, but they did a job.
0: But okay. really, that's all we ask for on this show. <laughs>
1: uh, but I, you know, I think they did a reasonable explanation of our role delineations. Touched a little bit about the intern role versus progressing. However, I was unaware that there were three spheres of influence. Is that a British thing? for the cns yeah
0: no it is a part of their description if you go to nacns they will tell you about it and I'll really explain like what that
1: means like if they do it they'll tell me about it <laughs> absolutely yeah
0: you can only find out about it if you become one there's a secret just... handshake they're like the stone masons <laughs>
1: I knew that there was something somebody wasn't telling me because there are a couple CNSs I work with, and that is a hundred percent it. I am ready.
0: I'm telling you in my institution, I call them the Illuminati. Like they are the ones who are behind the scenes making things happen. Mm-hmm. Like It's beautiful. Like there's work that we can do to decrease Cody. The CNSs are gonna like figure that out on their own, march out, fix it all, and like let other people take the credit and just be like, Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> We're just here. Talk about that for a minute. Advocating for yourself and your own credit. Like that's a BFD.
0: It is. And I think a lot of people are really bad at it. Like, we all come from this training model of like service. It's all about the patient. We're here for each other. You're a team. It's not about individual stuff. And much of that is true, but like at some point, someone might walk down the hallway and be like, it's time for your evaluation. And I have a bucket of money to give you but only if you did a
1: really good job right or like maybe you're doing something really cool and novel and you should probably write it out because somebody else is going to need it somewhere right
0: and that's the thing sharing knowledge is that part of our professional responsibility
1: sharing is caring
0: yeah i mean we talk a lot about like what's the delivery of care role of each of us you know our ends are there you know, assessing the patient, sort of creating these nursing-focused plans of care, and then providers like APPs or physicians are treating, diagnosing, like putting in orders, that kind of stuff. And you've got pharmacists and social workers and PTOT and a billion people that are in this. But like, we know how we're like the cog that fits in the wheel for that, but like, what else is part of our role? What are those other things that really like we can do besides mm. just take care of patients, which is important.
1: Mm-hmm. How will we advance the profession?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And what do we want to advance it to?
1: Yeah, because we are the captain of our own ship, shall we say. Are you
0: on a boat right now? This is like the 18th time you've mentioned ships.
1: I I just am thinking about boats a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe there's a lake a boat? nearby. Is there... It's just a really nice day out. And... <laughs> and here you are with I headphones know.
0: on talking to me.
1: I mean, Sarah, if we could do this on a boat, we would. Let's be real. <laughs> neither one of us have pr- published enough or done enough professional development to make that happen. This cautionary tale once again
0: is so true.
1: I am absolutely
0: right, a professional cautionary tale. Let's focus on our EPP friends.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think we have some really cool things that our group does as APPs. We've talked a lot about nursing because that's our background. I think it speaks a lot to the PA group that no one wanted to join us. They're probably smarter, but they do some really neat things themselves. They could do their PhD like anybody else, right? Some of them are super into research and publish. Some are super into advancing their own profession. And hopefully we will have a few examples of that coming up in the next few episodes.
0: We also have near us a few programs that have really started going into the DMSC. Are you familiar with this? This is the DMX. This is not the same. Um, DMX is party up. Uh, (laughs) DMSC is sort of a party up for your degree. Cool. um and so this is more equivalent to like what a dnp is for nurses but a dmsc is a practice-based doctorate for our pa colleagues wow. and so it's another option for them that really allows them to have that doctoral level education but maybe you don't want to do bench research and write a 50-page dissertation maybe you Much like our physician colleagues do, do doctoral level work and very practice, practical focused work, PAs now have that option, which I think is awesome for them.
1: Well, and I think it's something to be said. Um, One of my preceptors always told me, if you're doing the work, get paid, right? right? So naturally, the next question people are going to ask is for whatever doctorate you get in either APP role, are you going to get paid?
0: Chances are, unless you're educating, probably not. Unless you're in the academic side, I don't think it's happening consistently.
1: I don't think so either, which is sad because how are we supposed to advance the profession?
0: Yeah, I mean, we need incentives, right? These degrees don't right. come cheap.
1: No, no, they do not. And even if they say, well, we'll pay for it, one must value one's time.
0: Right. Right.
1: Because you're still putting blood, sweat, and tears into that, even if you're not paying full boat tuition. There's my boat again. My God.
0: And this isn't like you know the old Sally Struthers commercials where you know just for a few hundred dollars you could get your associates in criminal justice, accounting, bookkeeping. Do you remember those?
1: I was going to say, is she the one that sold all those nurses their Florida degrees?
0: That was not her.
1: Are you sure? 90%
0: 90% sure.
1: Okay. Just just thought I'd throw it out there.
0: Oh, my God. I used to love those commercials growing up. That was the school I thought I was going to go to.
1: <laughs> well, when you you know started talking about that, all I heard was Sarah McLaughlin. In the arms of the angel. And my cat is sitting in my lap, so... <laughs> <laughs> For just a few dollars a day, you too can feed this very hungry, very naughty cat. Thank you, Sarah McLaughlin. Like, it, I just, I can't do it. <laughs>
0: I don't know. So are you familiar with dumping syndrome?
1: Mm, I've been on the other end of dumping syndrome a couple times. Have you? That's when somebody just, like, ghosts you, right?
0: That's no, a your different face kind to... of dumping. <laughs> That is, sadly, the relationships of our 20s. But this dumping syndrome is, you know, I think we've all experienced it where we feel like professionally the stuff gets thrown at us because we're the ones who are there as APPs. I think we have the ability to be very valuable assets to the team but because we play this role where maybe something's not fully in the nursing scope needs more of a provider angle but the physicians are too busy and can't really dedicate the time can't the app's do it
1: (laughs) what are you thinking specifically i'm very interested in this
0: well, I think there's all sorts of things. I think, you know, if you have a geographically based APP who's working in a particular unit, we yeah. have all those unit based projects, right? Like, how uh-huh. are we decreasing falls and having order sets that are reflecting best practices? And how do we make sure the right orders always go in to make sure the nurses are able to follow the right protocols? How uh-huh. do we affect things like CODI and clapsy and happy and all the other things that we like to talk about? <laughs>
1: happy what's happy hospital acquired pressure injury (laughs) i've never heard someone call it actually happy that's wonderful (laughs) which is funny because it's sad it is so sad sad. oof yikes that one hit home they are not happy i'm thinking about a really bad one i just saw yeah but also like the
0: the dumping syndrome of like hey we have this app they do this I don't know that we built this role like perfectly right. So let's just throw these things that need to be done at them. So like, yeah, there, we, we wanted to take care of this particular set of patients, but that APP doesn't seem busy. So how about these few patients too? Maybe those couple yeah. over there. Uh, how how uh-huh. about these three that we get like once a year? Cause no one else will remember it. <laughs>
1: And mm-hmm. they're just here
0: all the time. And since they're always here, they're the stable ones. So they're the ones to go to. They're the ones to train. When there's a new <laughs> initiative, let's go to them first because they'll pay attention.
1: The wise old owl.
0: The wise old owl. That is what we can often end up being. And it's it's the dual-edged sword, right? Like People mm-hmm. sit there and say, like, well, we're coming to you because you guys are effective and you're great. We value you. So here's more stuff to do.
1: (laughs) Pay us more. Pay us more. Pay us more. (laughs) I don't even
0: know if it's always about pay, but I think it's about like, what's really the role? Like what's...
1: Respecting boundaries.
0: Right. And is it that other people abdicate responsibility because it can be done by us? I mean, I think nursing felt that way for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah we're feeling the same way now because i think it's the same thing like in a lot of ways we're looked at as like this hospital resource we're not a person
1: mm-hmm. we're
0: a resource that mm-hmm. can do a thing accomplish a mission
1: yeah or the echo circuit right and <laughs> nursing is the cannula <laughs>
0: that's beautiful mm. you should write Hallmark cards for healthcare people
1: You know what? Maybe I will. That could be my exit strategy.
0: (laughs) Be just as successful as this podcast.
1: Uh, You know what? I can only hope to have 10 people paying attention to my Hallmark cards.
0: (laughs) Aspirations.
1: Great aspirations. Or
0: sparkling dreams.
1: Sparkling dreams. Ugh. Ugh. Yes. Yes. We love our SLP colleagues. (laughs) They get such a bad rap too. My God. Yeah. I don't know how they do it all the time.
0: So many professions I feel like do, but, um, I think it's our presence sometimes too is Mm -hmm. the problem. Like we're the one who's available, right?
1: It's me. It's (laughs) me. Yes. What,
0: what challenges do you and your team see as APPs?
1: Oh, definitely. I think the availability, like you said, like uh, we have a workroom on the unit and it doesn't matter that our unit is only so many beds. We board everywhere. So then if we don't leave a designated survivor, sometimes it's really hard um, for people to remember that, yeah, we're all over the place and you can call us and it's okay that we're not sitting there. So it's the easy availability that can be stressful.
0: And so, you know, you've been doing this all for a hot minute. As a new nurse, did you always have providers immediately available to you?
1: Absolutely not. I started in med and I would work almost straight nights and there was no one around ever.
0: So do you also find it sometimes ridiculous that there's an expectation that I am like there and ready and just like literally waiting in stasis for like someone to come up and ask me for an order or a question or a clarification? <laughs>
1: It's very difficult because when I started, we didn't even have like text paging. You had to number page them back to where you were and we didn't have little cell phones or little bricks so we couldn't move. So you had to like park it with your charts and be charting and waiting for them to call you back. And if they were in the middle of an admission, you were never going to get a call back. It was Absolutely. like flow, or if like the OR team was downstairs with Ortho, you just like maybe got a call back from the circulator, but like they're busy too. So you know, I think it's it's like the rest of the communication world. Like it's great that we can be in constant contact, but just because we can, should we? Like it's really hard because you can't. I don't know if you guys experience this. I can't get a full thought out. Like sometimes I have to go sequester myself. And it'll happen in the ED where I know people won't necessarily bother me and I'll finish my consult note or my admission note there because people aren't just like, oh, you're here. You can put in these orders for me.
0: I had a complaint about an APP because they were in the workroom on their unit and the unit was sort of busy and loud and they shut the door so that they could concentrate on the note. They had a really complex patient. They were trying to like put all the puzzle pieces together (laughs) and the nurses felt that the person was trying to be unavailable and was being less responsive to them just because the door was closed. The door didn't lock. There's even a window in the door to see the person, (laughs) but they felt that this person was trying to prohibit them from talking to them. And so it's like, what. You know, we talk about like bundling nursing care, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we've been trying to like teach our like new baby nurses, like bundle your
1: nursing questions. (laughs) Yes, we, I am really glad you brought that up because it's not just us. This happens to us too, but it's happened in our professional group too, that we've been talking about across the country. And there has not been a great solution as far as I'm aware. Um, we used to use sticky notes, like especially for night rounds, a sticky note, you just chuck it in the office, put it near my computer. I'll see it eventually, especially when it's like a low priority. Ironically, I did this talk when I was a new grad NP and I transitioned to the MICU for my old unit. And I did it for my old unit because it was like, bro, you're calling for coal lace, but I'm in the middle of six lines for three different patients and Mm -hmm. intubation and like maybe putting somebody on an oscillator. Like, you know, I need you to like, I'll get to it. I promise. I absolutely understand that. Like they need to poop. However, you have a PRN Duke. Like I need you to use it.
0: You call them Dukes? Yeah. I love that.
1: Well, who's going to say bisicoidal?
0: I know. I usually just call it Delcalax, but. That's a duke. Of course, you know, if you're truly giving it as a suppository, it's a dull ass. I also call, you know, in our stroke patients that can't swallow and we need to give them their acetylsalicylic acid. I call it an aspirin when it's PR. We also give rectal acetaminophen.
1: I can't with you right now. That's wonderful. And I'm just sad that I didn't think of it.
0: And every time I say it on rounds, I am so happy that my pharmacist gives me the courtesy giggle.
1: (laughs) I'm going to have to try it. I think mine would. Yeah. And I mean, they
0: know now, like, it's just sort of standard that, like, oh, are we ordering aspirin? Oh, they failed their swallow swallow screen, so I have to order aspirin. Mm,
1: I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. Just brightening my day here with your... (laughs) your puns.
0: (laughs) This is all I'm here for.
1: I don't know. I mean, you sparked a good debate there with the whole door shut. I mean, that is a huge deal. Even people I talked to, you know, at our last big conference, the door being shut is a big deal.
0: It is. And, you know, we have like a texting paging platform. So, like, you can bring it up on, like, your desktop and stuff. And we Mm -hmm. even said, like, hey, just go to your computer, log in. Text page me if like the door shut, if it's totally not urgent, Mm -hmm. I can reply and just quickly say, got it, write it down on my checklist. And I Mm -hmm. keep moving and it's not a conversation about which formulation of coalesce do we need to give like I, I can figure it out and we can just do it.
1: Well, it's those micro interruptions too. I think the whole myth of multitasking has reared its ugly head and everyone thinks that we can do everything because they only see our interaction together, but they don't know that 10 more people have come up and interrupted them before like I arrived to you. So you're ready to break because you can't get a single sentence out and you have no idea that me being like, yo, Sarah, like I need some coles is the last straw.
0: Well, and like APP busy looks a lot different than nurse busy. I can go on to and I can tell you which nurse is getting their butt kicked, right? Like their their hair is coming out of their bun. They've got like a light sheen of sweat. They've got the look of panic in their eyes as they're deciding which room they're going into next. Like, Mm -hmm. you can see it when we're busy, it's like, I have six notes to write and my shift ends in an hour. I'm not going to get them done. I'm going to be here two hours late. But to them, they just see me staring at my computer screen, could be on Facebook, could be writing a note, could be like looking up different degree programs and how I can finally become a baker and just like open up my own bakery.
1: Uh Either way,
0: (laughs) it doesn't seem that urgent from like an outside perspective.
1: (laughs) Right. And then the signal of shutting the door just seems very, I think, to people final because like i don't know about you but it was like go to your room and shut the door and it was like oh dear i'm in trouble (laughs) so you know absolutely Mm.
0: i think the other thing that's been hard is with the nursing shortage we have so much turnover so it's like people just don't know the norms and don't Mm -hmm. know what to notify about in a certain specialty, especially if you're working in really like a subspecialization area. Mm-hmm. And so it's also on you now to make sure that those things that used to be the things that just got done yeah, are like actually getting done and take those few extra minutes to put in the extra orders to like, let people know, like, no, no, I mean this. <laughs> Because well, I always like, love it when I get a nurse who comes up to me after I put in an order and say, I saw you put in a bolus. Did you want me to give it? And it's like, well, I wasn't practicing.
1: <laughs>
0: it wasn't an epic playground. This was real.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that happens everywhere. That makes me feel better. Because um, <laughs> I heard a lot of that at the last conference I was at. And I was like, guys, I think it's everywhere. It's not it is. Yeah a thing. And I think they're trying to do closed loop communication. And like, I remember I asked a ton of questions when I was a baby nurse, and even when I first started in the ICU. And I still do now my attendings, my God, like they get it from me all the time. But at the same time, it's, it's a little bit different, I think, because we are so accessible. And so sometimes I feel, and I think some of our you know, colleagues in APP land feel that there's a little bit more respect for our physician colleagues than us. And not necessarily because they're wearing the white coat, but it's because they're the step removed from like putting in the orders and being the one that does the things and puts out the fire. So then when you interrupt a physician, it can be a little bit different. Absolutely. I also am curious if our fellows who have stayed and become physicians like within our groups, if they feel like there's been a shift or if because they stayed, some people don't respect their boundaries or their time as much. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also, it may have even changed in the past few years than what a fellow might have said a few years ago, because a few years ago, you would have had more nurses that have stayed longer. Right. Like, remember the pre and post where now we have so much turnover that they're like, Oh, oh! You were a fellow here? I don't know. I right, just came here just two weeks care. ago. Right, and they don't care. Yeah, no, not at all.
1: I've had people um, text paging my attending for recommendations when it's like clearly been me seeing the patient, and I'm like, that's fine, but like they're off service, dude. Like that was a three-wiggled note. Like they're at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, within the whole. Like, not even just nursing, that's the whole across the gamut where I'm just like, I would never have texted an attending as a baby nurse. No. Granted, I sent cat memes to one of my attendings, but we've
0: got to that level. It's been a process. Yeah. I mean, you don't start off day one like, here's this weird cat meme. Normal people <laughs> day okay. one don't start off with, hey, here's this cat meme. People yep. don't actually worry about cat memes that much. But anyway, that might be our next poll.
1: <laughs> could be, could be, could be. So yes, it is a, a definitely a different experience. Uh, and I know that nurses get frustrated with us. We get frustrated with them. And I think really what we have to remember is that our common enemy is the insurance company, who's not paying for the care that any of us are delivering <laughs> so then none of us get paid right
0: right turns out our whole healthcare system is here to profit very few and not mm-hmm. help out the patients or the people taking care of them no ain't that a kick
1: in the pants that we're not wearing also true <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's just a kick It's just a kick. It's just a kick. Yep, Yep. And it's hard to have those conversations, like, especially in the moment, people get a little heated and it's literally life or death sometimes, right? So, hopefully, you know, everyone can just remember that the days that are bad, we're all just doing our best.
0: Have you seen in your time as an APP a difference in the way that residents, as they rotate through your service, interact with you as an app is there been a shift in professional respect a do you feel that the physician trainees
1: those are two very good questions and i think they're very hot button questions so is this our autonomic storm this is the autonomic storm (laughs) get ready oops wrong one hold on (laughs) okay okay this is the autonomic storm the autonomic storm so
0: there's no thunderbolts or anything
1: thunderbolts and lightning very very frightening
0: galileo
1: galileo (laughs) Uh, so you have two very good questions part one do physician trainees treat the app's differently and i will say that it's polar right? You have some that are super working into working with us. They grew up with us as med students. They perhaps worked in long-term care or something before they went to med school. So they have a better understanding of our role. There are others who have gone way back into the 1600s and decided that the physician is the only person that should be caring for anyone. And like, lo and behold, the lowly APP will just deliver coffee. So (laughs) some residents I love working with. Some of my really good friends are attendings and they're wonderful and I adore them. And they are the Mm -hmm. people that like connect as a person, right? Not as a profession first. And so that I think is very important as we work together. And those that do not do that, it's very divisive. It's very difficult to work with them. What was your second question?
0: How have the APPs been treating the residents? Have there been any shifts in that?
1: I am really like the worst about this, honestly. And I apologize to every single resident I've ever worked with because I call them all kids. (laughs) and not in like a condescending way but it is sometimes like hurting cats because they don't know they're rotating for two or four weeks and they are generally just like what is happening and i was like let's get the kids and go and it's literally you're loading them into the adventure mobile and going on a field trip to like admit somebody and then you all pile out of the adventure mobile and do your own parts i mean it more as a term of endearment I think some of them do not take it that way, especially when they first meet me, because sometimes my first question is just like, why isn't this person a popsicle yet? And then they're like, who are you? So like, I need to be better about introducing myself. Yeah,
0: you got to ease into that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I just go right for it. (laughs) But I think too, especially if somebody is a revisitor. To our area, and we knew that we had bad interactions the first time, or pretty negative interactions the first time, either with their commentary about nursing, which none of us really put up with, even if we're like having a bad day. Like they're still our people, right? It's our unit and our house, and you're a house guest. We can get pretty territorial, but also we're very protective of our patients. And for some reasons, I think that's why some critical care areas don't really have rotating residents because it's easier to staff with APPs that are dedicated and know the patient population and are the people that are always there. So you don't have the unknown floating through there. I always wonder about that. Like
0: what's, you know, and this goes into the whole interprofessional collaboration. Like how do we impact like physician education for our trainees? Like, I don't think that they have the same experience in the ICU, like being forced to do certain things that they would have had to do before, but For some Mm -hmm. of them too, they've even started cutting out some Mm -hmm. of their critical care time because they even say like, but we don't even want to do this. So you're like, yes, we Mm -hmm. probably would have learned it before, but then we'd go into this specialty or work in a clinic somewhere. And sure, I have this ICU experience, but I don't remember it. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. why, why did I actually need to do that? And I think that's been one of my biggest... And I have to say, like, I don't want to turn this into a sort of like physician versus APP oh, no. thing because in the end, like 99.9% of us like all respect each other and just want to do the right okay. thing. But when you get that like 0.1% of physicians who start knocking APP education and saying, well, we did mm-hmm. this many hours of training and you only do this mm-hmm. much. Yeah, but when our outcomes can be often very similar.
1: Right. How
0: much of your training was just superfluous then? How much of your training was when you're listing your bazillion hours you did, were you asleep in the call room because you were working a 24 hour shift? And that's fine. You should sleep. Right. But you should sleep. I was awake for all of mine. <laughs> and yes, it was much less than what a physician did. And I am not a physician. Was it actually helpful? You know, how does that all kind of work? So, like, I'm just, that's like one of my interest spaces lately is like, how do we mm-hmm. be good parts of their educational experience? Like, what is the role of the APP in? training what's the Mm -hmm. part that we shouldn't touch because if i were a resident and going through hell on earth i don't know that i'd want all my education to come from an app because i'm going to be an attending so like i want the attending to invest in me right
1: it's hard i think we've tried to really push like our fellows to mentor the rotating residents instead of us because we do so much nursing mentorship because we're all there together all the time Mm mm-hmm What's interesting is that, as you're saying, people are taking away this stuff out of medical education. I totally agree. I mean, my role is literally that a group did not want to do these consults. And I said, I'll do them. Care for patients that I'm doing and they don't know how to do. And it can be super nuanced or it can be super straightforward. But if you're practicing in a smaller community hospital, you're never going to have that experience of having a consult service to do it. Right. But at the same time, I think it can be really difficult for people to say, like, well, I don't want to do that, and then not go. And so they started putting, um, I think it's M3s in an IC rotation. And they kind of get to pick maybe what IC mm-hmm. they want to be in, but they're enrolling it now into med school rather than just leaning it on residency, because I think those residency programs are changing.
0: Yeah. And I think that makes sense. And I think as it continues to evolve, it's just going to be interesting to see how. We treat our residents more humanely, you know, like we don't their wellness, a little wellness never hurt anybody, right?
1: Well, the hard part is when their impact wellness impacts my wellness. So, when you're taking the stuff away from residents, but then putting it on the app, like we were talking about, like just the dumping syndrome, <laughs> like it should not go from one pot to the other that's also overflowing. Like, that should be the signal <laughs> to go into the cabinet and get another pot to put on the stove.
0: Right. Turns out the work doesn't go away.
1: <laughs> right. It's like atoms. It was all made at the beginning, and we cannot, could like, destroy matter. So we're <laughs> moving it to a different container.
0: Exactly. So, and you can't burn out the container.
1: Uh, you can. Oh, you can.
0: Actually, some places are really good at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> some people are really good at it. But it doesn't mean that your outcomes are going to be up to stuff with the container that is intact.
0: So now that we've talked about physician training and where we think that could be, what do you think is the most important thing to help with APP training? Where do you think the gaps are in our training?
1: oh my God, I could beat this drum all day, but it's totally mentorship and professional development because there's so much stuff you don't learn in school. And then when you pick your people and you pick your niche, like you can get in there really far. But if you forget, like we were talking about earlier, that everyone has these problems, then what do you do? Like you just sit there and kvetch about it and do, 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 do. you don't ever find a way out of the hole. So I think it's really important for us as APPs is to find ways to come together. And whether that's in your organization as like, you know, a service line or a department or whatever you want to call it, they have these fancy, you know, physician groups for hepatobiliary. And there's, it's unfortunate. There's not one that I'm aware of for just straight APPs. There's one for nurses and there's one for PAs, but there's not one that goes between everybody. And right. I think that's that's probably why this podcast was born because we're, as Zach Afron once said, all in this together.
0: You and me. Wait, no. How's it
1: going? All in all this together. together. That's all I know. But yeah. it's true. We are, and we can meet in different spheres of professional societies, and it's great. But unless you have that catalyst within that professional society, like your NPs that don't want to go to a nursing conference, some PAs don't want to go to a physician conference.
0: Super generalists, right? Like (laughs) babies, women's health, old people, any disease process, surgery, medicine, they can do it. NPs tend to pigeonhole themselves into like populations a little bit more. And those lines get super blurry and everyone decides to interpret that whatever way they want to, and no one really holds a mm-hmm. standard to it. Mm-mm. But like I know as far as my own NP education, the the program I went to I thought did a really good job of giving us like forcing us to do different rotations and yes, get exposure.
1: Very
0: mm-hmm. Um but there's programs where I've seen where people just do like two different locations. And it's like so <laughs> yeah. they did like the ICU and a cardiology clinic. And so, when they're trained or when they graduate, they're really yeah. good at working in the ICU or the cardiology clinic.
1: Yeah, like the PAs are like that too. Like they only have a couple weeks sometimes in different places, and sometimes, like you know, like sometimes as even as a baby nurse, you go somewhere for a semester or part of a semester if you're a second degree like us, and be like, "Oh God, like I don't like this," or you'd sit there and be like, "This could be okay, but I don't know." That's right. I, like. Props to our physician people that know like where they're gonna go and. They're going to stay there forever because I couldn't do it.
0: No, absolutely (laughs) not. Yeah, And I mean, that's one of the things that attracted me about being an NP is like, I can go from cardiology to neuro to GI if I wanted to. But then at the same time, we're really bad because we like sit here and beat the drum on like autonomy, right? Like Uh, I should be autonomous. I should be do this. Well, like if you're switching specialties every 10 minutes, how do you have enough expertise to do Mm -hmm. that but then like for the person who does like sit in there and they're like nope this is me this is where i'm living and i this is my specialty and i'm going to do it till i die Mm -hmm. how do they prove to people like yeah i should have autonomy because i'm a badass (laughs) like
1: it's for your publications i think come in and advancing the profession that way and publishing those cool things that you do figure out at the bedside maybe the clinical practice doctorate will be the end of it. And maybe it won't, I don't know. But it's hard when people don't necessarily see the monetary award and money isn't everything, right? Right. But they don't really have the carrot, they just have the stick. And so you're just getting beaten over the head with like, produce more, produce more, but we're not going to pay you anymore. And you're like, okay, like then why would I spend my weekend writing this up? Because how many of us get protected time to do this stuff? How can you give us protected time to do this stuff?
0: And I think it's easy to blame like the big bad faceless administration, but like mm-hmm. I don't understand how my hospital stays open and not just my like how a hospital stays open. Like, how do you pay all these people when I see like what supposedly insurance pays for anything?
1: <laughs> how much like literally like we we're just talking about this the other day. And I feel like cardiacs may be a little bit better because they have all the devices and they have to think about like, should I accept this transfer or whatever? But they're like, oh yeah, we just spent like, you know, 13 million on this guy. And I was like, hey, whereas like, you know, we drop a bolus at TNK or TPA, we're not really thinking like, we're never going to recoup our costs unless they're out of here, like lickety split because they had a great outcome. But that's the case, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, the prices are just monopoly money. Like I don't, none of it makes sense. I don't, much like this podcast, none of it it
1: makes sense. (laughs) It's true. I hear you. All right, Amy. this has been lovely.
0: You are a treasure as always.
1: You are a wonderful, brilliant, tropical starfish with the grace of a thousand swans, Sarah.
0: You are are the wind beneath my wings and the air beneath my boot.
1: Are you talking like Mr. Ventricle, like boot of a car?
0: No. Okay. I'm squish you.
1: <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I don't like that, Sarah. Well, if you don't squish me, I look forward to our next conversation.
0: <laughs> as do I, as I hope do all of our listeners. And if you're enjoying this, well, A, there's probably something wrong with you, but B tell a friend who may also enjoy
1: share us call us write us on twitter oh we need a tiktok that would that's, make us super cool
0: that seems hard
1: that's never gonna happen
0: no let's no. stick to let's stick to what we're good at faceless voices in people's ears oh.
1: oh okay 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 I was like I don't know what I'm good at what are you talking about <laughs> clearly not a neurologist so Abby.
0: <laughs> <Obvi. laughs> but you are a patient.
1: I, I am a patient. Wait, what? I see what you did there. Thought of saying that I was patient. Never mind. I'm new the real things. <laughs> All right, Sarah. I love ya.
0: Had a girl. <laughs>